This is Profiles in Risk. Hosted by Nick Lamparelli. Every week, we interview those who risk life, limb, fortunes, career, and reputation, and those who work behind the scenes who look to protect and enlighten us about risk. You can find the show notes and other insurance-related content at insnerds.com. That's I-N-S-N-E-R-D-S dot com. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a special episode of Profiles in Risk. I am your host, Nick Lamparelli. As part of the Insurance Nexus Insurance Insurance AI Conference, I am very pleased to have uh, a series of guests who will be presenting at their conference on May 2nd and 3rd in Chicago. Uh, The first of which, as you can see on my screen, uh, is Thomas Sheffield. Thomas is SVP and (laughs) Head of Specialty Claims for QBE North America. He will be presenting. It is the Insurance Nexus... Insurance AI and Analytics USA Conference. It's in Chicago. It's on May 2nd and May 3rd. Thomas, welcome to Profiles in Risk. Thanks for having me, Nick. I'm glad to, uh, glad to be a part of it. Glad to be a part of the conference. Glad to be a part of uh, discussing with you today. Yes, I, I think claims people are heroes. You know, <laughs> yeah, so if I'm clever with the video here, I'm going to put like a little trophy or something. Okay. Uh, by by your name, uh, just to denote how important claims is. We don't I, uh, for 2019 for insurance nerds is actually a big part of what it is we're trying to do is to bring more claims into the fold. It always gets put out on its uh, on an ice float almost as a silo within yeah. insurance, but it's really integral into everything we do because that's actually the product. Yeah, absolutely. We we often um, in our industry we have a, if not a debate, there is certainly um, a movement and a discussion to be had about what it is that we're seeking to accomplish through sale, selling insurance. I you know I would argue, um, and I think I can argue pretty effectively that we're here. You know, claim service. What we do is the product. Yeah. Um, we oftentimes get caught up in using the words products to describe what we're doing when really we're providing a service. So it's great that that's a part of the conversation. I think it's also great because of the opportunities that exist in utilizing innovation and artificial intelligence, that they become really profound when we talk about the connection that we have to other humans through the, through the service element of what we do. So I'm, of course, and you, know, you, would be, you, you wouldn't be surprised um, to hear that I'm very excited about the opportunities that exist in innovation and artificial intelligence in this space. Um, but it's the, the foundation for that is because I believe that we're here to provide a service and, and we've got some really, really interesting stuff going on there. So it's great. It's yeah. great to be part of the conversation. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that. We're going to go into that into in some detail, including what your session is going to be about. Yep. Uh, let, let's start off at uh, okay. tax, the beginning. Uh, Thomas Sheffield, uh, describe what you do on a day-to-day basis. Well, I'm a rodeo clown, um, and you know I tie balloon animals, and I do face painting. So, oh, you have uh, to if you're in claims. <laughs> it doesn't really qualify me to be on this on this podcast. Um, uh, it, no, it, but, it, actually, you're overqualified. It, <laughs> exactly, <Sorry>. exactly. <laughs> um, 
No. So what I do, I lead QBE's efforts when it comes to what we'll, what we'll refer to, and we'll talk a little bit about what specialty really means, and different insurance companies will describe it a little bit differently. But I lead a claims group, and a, a part of the claims group, which is an admittedly a smaller part of, of often larger claims groups, but nevertheless represents a lot of the more novel or complex litigation that insurance companies have. So I lead that team. It's a team right now. We've got about 60 people on our team um, in, in a variety of different locations around the United States that handle um, the claims arising out of a series of different products that we underwrite within the specialty space. Um, we, in, we, we are very fond, and, and as a part of our culture, it's important to describe that as an integrated offering with, with our underwriting and with other folks within the organization. So when I say claims, I mean, yes, handling the claims, the notifications that come from our policyholders mm -hmm. and helping them through difficult litigation or first party losses, but it also means helping our underwriters, helping other people understand about risk, and then also talking with clients and customers well in advance of a claim um, about how they manage their risk internally. So I lead that team. As you can imagine, it's a bunch of different disciplines in there, aviation, we have an accident and health group, a management lines, professional lines, healthcare lines, um, trade credit, surety. There are a variety of different service offerings, and I lead the efforts to bring a cohesive claim service to that uh, that series of different insurance products. Yeah, so it's, I think in summary, specialty claims are much probably much more complicated. So it's beyond just uh, trying to figure out what, what what the fire damage might have been for you know uh, a wood structure. It yeah. might be what the fire damage was for an explosion that occurred at an industrial facility or a plane, train, just like something that probably requires um, a, a degree of technical yeah. aspect that's, uh, you know, not, not, not that traditional claims doesn't have the technical skills, but this requires yeah. us uh, more specialized, which is the name specialty claims. Sure, it, it's certainly true that any claim can present a significant amount of complexity to it. Anyone, even even small, seemingly not very complex things, for a variety of reasons, can blow up and turn into more complex situations. We tend to deal with more um, complexity in the in the typical claims volume that we see. Um, the best way to describe it is, in order to um, come to a resolution on claims, oftentimes it requires the application of specialist expertise. So for example, aviation, we do aviation law, we have pilots, we have pilots and mechanics who work in that particular space who understand um, mechanically what has potentially happened with an aircraft that may go down, um, but it's also a pilot understands, you know, the losses that may ha occur in that particular context, and oftentimes they're lawyers themselves too. So we'll bring a series of different specialized skill sets um, for the express purpose of trying to deal with a more complex or specialized type of type of claim. Yeah. So um, jumping into AI and technology and innovation, uh, for what what are you, what's happening today? What's yeah. the what are the what are the main advances that are happening today? And and perhaps you can go into like like the way you view artificial intelligence. There's a lot of different definitions of yeah. what that is. So you know. Try to try to talk about like what you're actually seeing that's actually tangible. It's not this hypothetical thing that's yeah. happening and how you view it. Yeah. So the, the way I would I would look at this or would structure an answer or response to this is I would I would suggest that 
when people often hear the term artificial intelligence innovation, there is some, our minds, for whatever reason, naturally gravitates towards um, a more technical discussion, often times of computer and software platforms and a whole bunch of sort of computer, you know, matrix kind of stuff happening, right? That oftentimes it evokes that type of imagery that indeed it is the, it's the application of computing power to that equation. And that's not absent, that's an important part of it, but it's also about you know, getting the structure um, or, or understanding how our organization is adapting to be able to interface and use that as a tool. Because at the end of the day, you know, we are best when we are human beings interacting with other human beings, um, working towards a common resolution of things that concern us all. Yes, we're an insurance company and we're professionals at trying to understand the risk and to assist people in solving business and bringing business solutions um, to bear. But at its core, we're human beings who need to interact with other human beings to sort of get to that resolution, utilizing a variety of tools. Now, when we talk about what's happening in this space, you know, oftentimes people in, in, in roles like mine will gravitate towards talking about cyber. You know, they'll want to talk about mm -hmm. something that has an explicit technology application or impact um, that, when they start talking about those claims. And yes, that's certainly true, but the bigger impact is in what's going on day by day to help our existing customers with more traditional insurance policies and just do it better, to do it better, to do it faster, to do it more economically, to do it in a way that's less intrusive on people. Let me give you an example. We do, we're one of the largest crop insurers, QBE is one of the largest crop insurers in the United States. I don't handle the crop claims, but I, my colleagues that handle those crop claims, you know, there's a lot of use of drones, of using satellite imagery to better understand crop yields, to better understand weather conditions, all in an effort to get better results for farmers and other folks who are dependent upon um, both their crops and the insurance too to, to, to mitigate that. Um, but there's this constant sort of refreshing of different and new tools to be, to be more places at once, to be better sort of servicing our clients and customers. If I took that example and moved it to others in, in the financial institution space, you know, we're using a lot of um, not just the use of electronic discovery vendors, but using ways to extract data and information to help us, to help our customers make better decisions given what's been presented in particular claims. So a lot of computing energy, a lot of time and focus is spent on how do we use analytics to understand what our existing documentation is telling us. If I have 10 claims that all involve bodily injuries, is there anything I can understand about those bodily injuries that makes me help solve claim 11 faster, 12 faster, 13 even faster. Is there a way to use that existing data, harvest it, harvest the good stuff from it, the stuff that's meaningful to make, uh, to make good decisions, and to apply that in a way that benefits our clients and customers? That's, I guess, in a nutshell, that's kind of what's going on right now. Yeah, so you used an important word, tool. Yep. Um, there's a lot of concern about AI disrupting jobs. And, and uh, you know, depending on the uptake and how fast AI is in machine learning and data and analytics is being brought in, um, how, much, how much is it a tool and how much is it will it be rep actually yeah. replacing human beings? Yeah, I think in turn, I'll, I'll do you one better. You used the term disruption in, in describing that. And I think, you know, I, it is undeniable 
that the application of artificial intelligence, of innovation, has a disruptive force. Um, and I, I think the same can be said for a lot of different opportunities that present themselves in the world today. Our industry, like other industries, is the subject of a lot of attempts at, at disruptive innovation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, using, and it could be one particular type of technology, it could be one, um, one different platform, or the competing sort of the application of a variety of different platforms for the sole purpose of creating space through the disruption of what has been a historically sort of you know, acceptable or accepted model. Um, so I think the answer to the question, how much is it a tool? How much is it dis disruption? I mean, it, I think categorically, we have to accept that there is a disruptive influence from the use of artificial intelligence. Um, but I, I think that is consistent with how we see the world moving sort of in general. And, and I think our responsibility as leaders of different organization is to prepare our staff or to prepare the people working for us. Um, and I often use this word agility to build agility in our staff so that they can interface and use that, use that to their own career goals, which I don't necessarily know what everyone's career goals are, but being able to make our organization, the people who work for me or with me that are my colleagues, to put them in a position so that they can actually use it as a tool and not be replaced by it. I think you know, undoubtedly there is going to be, as is in every industry, there are efficiencies that are gained through the use of this that will have, I, I, I don't think it could be said a different way, that will have um, a cost on, on the human, on the human beings working in these capacities right now. That's, I, I think we all have to accept some level of that. I, what I'm interested in doing is preparing our organization preparing folks, hopefully, you know, that, that would be paying attention at this, at this conference, um, for preparing them to think about, well, okay, whatever the technology is, the technology is, how do we make sure that our staff is appropriately trained, can appropriately handle, and really guide some of that? That takes a different way of thinking about it. You know, in the crop example, it, yes, we do have, you know, the traditional people a lot of times they are from farming backgrounds themselves. They understand the harvesting. They understand you know, the process. They've worked and lived on farms for years and years. How do we provide them with a tool that allows them to help their neighbors, to help other folks you know, work through that? Are we trying to replace those folks? No, we're not trying to replace them, but we are trying to provide something that's more meaningful for our customers that, that will have several impacts the best of those impacts is going to be that it makes it a better and more economical choice for people to help mitigate some of their risk in that. Um, yeah, I know I'm dancing around that issue of just saying, yeah, are people gonna lose their jobs over AI? Yeah, I think they are and have been, and that will continue to be the case. Our, our challenge as leaders is to make sure that they're trained appropriately and to build organizations that are resilient and can, can embrace that. Yeah, and, and I think just having this conversation with you, it just, it, 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 it doesn't, uh, it, it sort of really presents itself that, uh, especially what you do, and, and this is this is a claims, uh, you know, related type of conference with the with AI and an, uh, analytics. Uh, you know, Insurance Nexus does a lot of that. That there's there's always going to be a human element of it, and so there is the opportunity for the human to continue to use it as a tool instead of mm -hmm. being being more of a victim of like, well, that's replacing my job. It's uh, how can I get more out of this myself and what I do day to day and not necessarily just passively allowing something, uh, something like that to happen. Um, your session, what is the title of your session? 
Um, the title of our session, I don't have it to hand. Maybe you could remind me, but it ultimately, we'll, we're talking with a number of professionals about the use of artificial intelligence and innovation. Um, my own particular perspective is, is within the claim space, um, but we're going to be talking about just insurance companies in general. So, yeah, um, yeah I... I I would say that, you know, from, from my perspective, we did a webinar a few weeks ago um, where we talked about a variety of different innovative um, 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 additions or, or motions within the insurance industry, Some only some of which uh, truly focused on claims, others focused on different parts of the, of the equation. To me, I think, you know, the, the most interesting becomes the application in the service element and how we ultimately get to a claims resolution um, but, you know, my, the, the, the conference and indeed our panel is about a variety of different sort of multidisciplinary approaches to how we bring um, AI to that equation to provide, provide a better service for clients and customers. Yeah. So what, I mean, what's your feeling about just insurance professionals taking AI seriously enough to actually attend this? Um, and, and yeah. I, I, you know, I, I know there's, I think it's coming up on us quickly, you know, but you know, I, I, I don't want to be like the panic person that's like, hey, like you really need to pick this stuff up. But I kind of feel like you really need to pick this stuff up. You, re yeah. you really need to start educating yourself on this so you don't become that victim that we were talking about. Yeah, I, I, I think I would, I would um, draw an analogy here. When the first sort of, uh, when the first cyber insurance policies were offered, um, through a variety of different resources. I was doing, I was in private practice then and doing a lot of work on behalf of Lloyd's, um, of Lloyd's carriers who were all, um, I wouldn't go so far as to say that they were experimenting, but they were all seeking many different participants were seeking entry or seeking development of, a, of the space that revolved around the, the issuance of cyber insurance. And at that point in time, they were having a similar discussion around how do we get engagement from leaders to buy this insurance within different companies. And, you know, there was often a discussion around, well, you know, we've got the IT departments that are sort of, they talk and they understand the risk, but being able to communicate that message to a larger group of people in a way that's relevant and meaningful to them was a challenge that they had 15, 20 years ago. Um, I think in many cases, it's a similar challenge for us. When we talk about artificial um, intelligence, AI and innovation and machine learning and all of those sorts of things, we have to revolve or coalesce around business use cases. In other words, what is the real meaningful impact that I'm going, that's going to be or that, there, that this will have on my role within my current organization? Um, and I think from underwriters, from claims professionals, it might be the people who are particularly astute about technology might be some of the forerunners of people who may intuitively think that this is meaningful and valuable for them. But I think almost everyone in an insurance organization right now feels the effects today of different challenges their organizations are facing and trying to adapt to a new environment or a, a, an evolving environment. So they're looking at data. They're looking at the analytics and bringing that to bear. Most insurance companies in one way, shape, or form or another right now are talking about how we're going to do data better. Big data, you know, for a long mm -hmm. time it was big data. Now it's oh, data and analytics teams and innovation labs and, you know, how we bring innovation to, to our, claims, our claims or our insurance offering. It is a thing in insurance companies. For people who want to understand the relevance of this presentation, of this discussion, I think it revolves around one, you know, do yourself a favor for your own career and understand more about where, where undoubtedly our industry is evolving towards. But two, I think there's a real discussion to be had about, there's a bunch of principles that sit behind this. 
you know, I mentioned agility and I mentioned sort of organizations and responsibilities. You know, there's a lot in that. It's about, you know, listen, how do I make myself more resilient? How do I make myself, put myself in a position where I can learn more about my theory, you know, because it might give me some insight on how to do my job better. Never mind that it may actually depend upon artificial intelligence or insights derived from a computing or otherwise technical background, but just theoretically, if I can learn a little bit more than the person sitting next to me, what does that do for my career trajectory? And frankly, can that interest me in the, in the industry that I've chosen? I think there's a lot there. I think that finding the right answers for folks you know, is somewhat dependent on how, um, how pressurized or how urgent it is for them in their own organization. If they're in a role that they do see some immediate um, challenge with being quote unquote replaced or otherwise artificial intelligence immediately have an enormous impact on their, on their career or job, yeah, then their, their need may be more pressing than others. But I think it's for everyone. And I think it's for everyone who's interested in understanding where their industry is going and what their role is going to be in, in that place. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't harp enough about how cool the insurance industry is. You know, it gets a bad rap, right? But if you think about it, like claims professional, I'm going to, I'm going to be uh, Thomas Sheffield for a second. You, to be in specialty claims, you have to be part lawyer, part scientist, part, uh, you know, uh, analy- being able to handle analytics. And now with AI and machine learning, you have to, you have, you have to be a little bit tech savvy as well. Yeah. And, and, and I just think it benefits everybody. It, it, it really doesn't matter what field you're in uh, to, to become a little bit more tech savvy. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's a feather in your cap. So I, w- I would say this. When I started at QBE five years ago, I started with a very small team. There were three of us. And we've grown to, to, to 60. And I would say all of those things you mentioned are important, but there's one thing, and I've recruited a lot of people, one thing that stands above every other thing, um, and that is curiosity. Mm-hmm. And this is just, I, I mean, I'd go so far as to say this is just as a human trait, you know, possess, if you're going to possess anything, possess um, a, a sense of curiosity about the world that you live in, about the job that you do. Um, I am naturally curious about the stuff that I do and don't do so well, too, you know, about all of the things that, that happen our industry provides a really interesting opportunity for me to sort of feed that curiosity. Is it ideal? Yeah. It sounds a little geeky and you know, it sounds, you know, it's, I should be playing Dungeons and Dragons or a Rubik's cube hey. in the corner or something. We all, so what? Of, that's good. <laughs> that enthusiasm comes from people being passionate about what yeah. they do, but that all stems, trust me, from a, from a similar theme, which is being curious about the world that we live in, having an opportunity to affect meaningful control and change over our own lives and being able to do something that's fun and interesting and exciting. Doesn't necessarily take a lawyer to do that. Oftentimes the opposite is true. Um, You know, doesn't take a a pilot or a scientist or someone else necessarily to do that. It just takes someone who's willing to be curious about the world they live in um, and being able to learn something more about, about something that's really fascinating and interesting. And if you get really good, you can go to a conference and uh, and do and do balloons, tie, b- balloon Absolutely. animals, and a rodeo. rodeo I think you said rodeo clown. Yeah. And before yeah. we even hit record, we were throwing the word waffle around, but I, that's that'll be a private joke between oh, us. Ah, there we go. All right. <laughs> there, there you go. The, Drink the, the podcast bingo. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, Thomas, uh, thank you so much. I'll see you in Chicago on May second and third. Uh, it's the Insurance Nexus, Insurance AI, and Analytics 
conference. Uh, I have the link either up here or down here. Depends on my video or here or there. Depends on my video editing skills, but it'll be in the show notes. Uh, if you sign up, you get $200 off uh, for the registration. So come see Thomas, come see myself in Chicago, uh, May 2nd and 3rd at the Insurance Nexus Insurance AI maybe, Analytics. Maybe you'll get, give me some maybe, too. Yes, and maybe you'll get uh, uh, a balloon animal. Hey, all right, bonus. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thomas, thanks again. You bet, take care.